This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. because it's funny. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is... Vanessa Valiente. And our esteemed guest is the amazing C.R. Rice. Woo! Okay, so let's talk about what we're drinking. I um, decided to be super bougie today. So Mm -hmm. I got a London Fog Tea Latte from Starbucks. And with one of our Drinking with Authors shot glasses, I am dumping... Not a shot because these are fucking huge, but I'm dropping honey jack into my um latte and my tea lot uh, things. Okay, good. Vanessa, oh, what are you drinking? Because nice. that's fun. Well, I'm being a little bit bougie too. Mine is a nitro cold brew with sweet cream and Bailey's. Obviously, Starbucks does not supply the Bailey's, but you know, got to spike it up. Should and they'd make a lot more fucking money. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Cr, what are you drinking? I am not as bougie. I just have a mocha frappe with some rum and coke to keep things spicy with it. Yes, Captain and Coke. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I pour drink strong. That's why you got to chase it with the coffee. <laughs> so, like, I take a giant sip and then I chase it with the coffee. Well, that's going to be <laughs> in about an hour. That's going to be fabulous for you. <laughs> and she's bouncing off the walls. Okay. So, for the audience out there who doesn't know you, what do you um, write? I write young adult fantasy. And I haven't quite branched out as far as any of the other genres yet, but as we continue with the Rome series, we're going to get really interesting. So you're about to release the third book of the Rome series, which is, and this is your first series you've published. Yes. Yes. Super exciting. She's with Four Horsemen Publications. That's how we know. She's amazing. (laughs) And I know, and by the way, I'm reading the third one and I know all the secrets. Okay. No, don't give away secrets. (laughs) That's why he's here, because he's really concerned with everybody in alcohol that secrets are going to get spilled. Um, the he's here is oh. not the podcast consigliere. <laughs> you can tell she's already had a little bit. She is pointing to her amazing husband, Corey. So, hi, amazing husband, Corey. Hello. Okay, that's all he's going to contribute right now. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So, uh, when did you start writing? Um, sorry, that one... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the drinking um, part of drinking with others. Yes, please don't choke. <laughs> you know, it was, I wasn't expecting a question, so like I'm like trying to drink more, and then I was like, wait, you're supposed to answer, so you should stop drinking. It was one of those slow process things. Um, I started writing <laughs> when I was like nine. I actually went from just doing like you know the fan fiction things as little kids when mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Peter Pan. So I would go and I'd write my own little Peter Pan stories. And then when I hit nine, I started writing like my own stories because I got put into an advanced English class. And so we had a lot of creative writing things and they gave you different prompts and you got like these three pictures and you had to create a story. And then I realized how fun it was to make your own stories. So branched away from the whole fan fiction thing and started doing my own stuff. That's very Ooh. cool. What well, was what well, was Tink like in your stories? I just want to know because I wrote a really fun Tink story recently, and I think she's an asshole. So I want that's to- exactly <laughs> what it was. She was super spiteful in the way of I have like five, four siblings, so you know I'm like the second to oldest. So I used to get super spiteful, but you can't do anything because like you're supposed to take care of your younger siblings. So Tinkerbell was definitely my like avenging angel in there, where she definitely 
went a little too far with pranks and, and had some fun with it that I wasn't allowed to do. <laughs> I don't think it's Ooh. too far. Okay, what was your question? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, did you do any other fan fiction other than Peter Pan? I really, I have an obsession with Jack Frost. I love the whole, oh. the story behind Jack Frost. And and then when they released The Rise of the Guardians, I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-hmm. They have a Russian Santa Claus. He's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, Jack was really cool in that one. I don't think I was... I don't know if I've seen that one. I, I have. It's adorable. It's, it, it is. It's it. so underrated. It's super cute, but I love Jack Frost. I really like going with um, kind of like the, the lesser-known legends and things like that, so I really like playing with like the fairy rings and with the, the elves before they got big, obviously, like they are now and stuff like that. No, totally. Well, do you ever think about writing st- as your publisher, too? Do you ever think <laughs> about writing stories like about those? Characters, uh, we've definitely well as as things get going with the realm, you'll notice there are a few, I guess, drop ins of some things that may seem very familiar and play a huge role in how the realm begins to expand. So, we definitely may or may not pull some of those things in. I like that. I like that. That's uh, no secrets being given away. I don't know if Corey's glaring at he, us. He I'm did. Not, That's I'm, why I'm I, not turning around. I'm not turning around. If I don't turn around, it doesn't count. He can't see me. It's That's fine. That's why I, I did the like same thing. Like he doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, let's talk a little bit about, um, so I, I found you, and mm-hmm. um, you are writing with Four Horsemen now. But had you thought about self-publishing or doing any of these other journeys? Or where were you at? Because I kind of know where you're at, but the audience doesn't. So, uh, I was always about wanting to write, but I never wanted anybody to read it. So like, I always wanted to be able to publish, but absolutely nobody read it, but everybody love it. So it was. It was. I would I, love to have that genre. Here's I think that's genre. like what every was, writer's thought. Right. It's like, huh? You write in a vacuum, and then obviously right. everyone's gonna know what it right. is. Right. They just look at it and they're like, "That's fantastic. Love it. Done." Five stars. Five stars. Five Cover. Stars. Five stars. Exactly. That's. I'm giving it. We don't talk about what's in the book. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No. I've. I've been really. It's been weird because I. It's strange to get like messages from people that are like, "Oh, this is so great," and I'm like, "Cool." I'm so glad. <laughs> and then they'll ask me questions, and I have to stop, and I look at Corey, and I'm like, well, what, what do I say? And he's like, well, you just answer the question. And I was like, but I don't know how to answer the question. You're so, going to be so much fun when we take you out in public, <laughs> when, when COVID is gone, and you're like in front of people. I can't wait. Here's the writer. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. It's going to be better when they start dressing up as your characters or, you know, That'll, that that will be mind boggling. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those. I have social anxiety as it is. Like I get really nervous when people come up to me, which is why I have such a giant husband because he keeps him away. But like when I drink and, you know, you get that little liquid courage in you, like I'm the person that starts walking up to strangers and I'll be like, hey, your tattoos are awesome. Or where did you get that hair color? Or I really like your shirt. And then I'm the person making everybody uncomfortable. So it's super fun. So wait a minute. That just sounded like we have to get her drunk before we take her out. Well, so, no, yes. I like that. I like that. We'll just do shots when we get to the <laughs> And we'll just say it's for drinking with others and nobody can blame us. It's fine. Right. It's for our podcast. We have a podcast. Here's a sticker. <laughs> so let's talk about the fans for a minute. So you um, have book two out, but you have a lot of people reach out to you about your books. I do. Were you surprised by that? I was. I didn't think it was going to... Like, obviously, you want people to be super excited, and you want people to love it, and you want people to 
to really be excited for the next and to follow along with it. What I didn't expect was for people to like it to the point that they start like reaching out to me and pulling cards like, hey, I went to high school four years after you. We share that alumni. Tell me what's going on. Or for someone to be like, I'm going to school with your sister. Can you please tell me what's going on with this? And so it was really weird because I don't want to be mean to anybody, but I can't be like, oh, you knew someone 10 years ago? Me too. Um, this is what happened. So- well, and you don't, I mean, as an author, you don't have to because the thing is, um, you're going to find fans want to go down the rabbit hole with you all the time. They want to go down the rabbit hole. They want to go down a rabbit hole of stuff you haven't even fucking thought of. Like, they'll ask you questions about some character you used as a barista to give somebody coffee that you never intend on using again, (laughs) but you needed a fucking barista to give somebody coffee. And they're like, tell me all about the barista's backstory. And you're like, cool, 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 cool. No, somebody likes the barista. Maybe I'll write a backstory about that. But I think that it's, it's really interesting because what that means is your story has already grabbed people and they're invested now. Yes. Which is really phenomenal since it's only two books out so far that people are getting so invested in this story. So um, what was the weirdest question you've had asked so far? Um, I've had, I have a lot of people that really like Thane and Cowan's relationship and they really dig the bromance going on and they really like it. And then they want to know if like Avery is going to go for Thane's best friend because, you know, Avery and Thane have that brother-sister relationship. So they kind it's kind of like they want an argument between Thane and Callan for some reason. And I don't know where all that hostility is coming at because, like, they're so nice. They're, like, best friends. But everybody's like, are Thane and Callan going to fight? And I'm like, why? Where did you even get that from? The CW. Have you ever watched <laughs> any show on the CW? <laughs> Pretty much, like, there's no actual true alliances if you're on a show on the CW. They want a Damon, and what was the teacher's name on that show? Alaric. Alaric. Like, you know how they were always fighting and drinking yes. and Alaric crazy. Salzman. Yes. No, every, I thought it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, they're the most likable characters in the whole thing, and, like, you want them to fight. Like, they... Because we want the tension. I mean, there that's is the so tension, much tension and drama. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's uh, I mean, that's what people they they like drama. Hence the reason reality TV is such a big thing. Yeah, that's that's true. I watched a little thing on YouTube the other day about whatever happened to the first stars of the real world. Because if you go back and watch the original real world, yeah. it wasn't this fancy bougie house which a oh, bunch no. of it was just normal it's fucking was- people that they put in a house and saw what would happen when they put all these people in the house. I think it was in New York or something or San Francisco. I forget where, mm-hmm. but it was like. Just normal fucking people. The same was true with Survivor Island. It wasn't a bunch of supermodels and one token fat person. It was... <laughs> um, sorry. I sh- I'll wait till you're not drinking, because that was pretty That was pretty epic. Okay. We violated the breathe or swallow rule. That's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. So, oh, oh, just oh you mine. unplugged your headset. You're not going to hear anything that's happening. Okay, but... Um, <sighs> They, uh, it was real people. And I, if you go back and look at it, so it was like, what happened to the real people now? And it wasn't, there was tension, of course, because you put strangers in a place together, but it wasn't the stage tension that now exists on reality TV. And I think people have gotten very addicted to the Kardashian cat fight, whatever stuff, instead of just weirdos hanging out on a deserted island and I trying to figure out how to eat. I actually the original one because it just felt more genuine in the conversations and the in the fighting and stuff versus now it just feels like, oh, well, we know 
it's scripted. They're trying to force them to fight each other. No, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. It is very forced. Yeah. No, I agree. So, okay, let's talk about your uh, writing style. Are you... We know you have 5,000 books in the series planned, um, but <laughs> 5,004. So many. So many. They just keep getting more. But what is your writing process? Do you plot them out? Are you a pantser? Do you outline? Let's talk about how you write. Um, so it's basically a wonderful blend of chaos and complete no direction. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. So nice. I spend, like, I'll go through and right after I finish um, whatever I'm working on in the moment, I go and I'll listen to music or I'll just be hanging out. And then, like, you just have those random inspiration moments where you something clicks and you start writing. And no idea what it's going to do. It may not even go into the next five books. It may not even be in the realm that I'm working on. And then once I'm like, holy crap, my deadline's in, like, a month, I look at everything that I have written and, like, it all kind of just falls into place together there's no real planning to it it's i label them strangely but then i'm like you know what that'll work perfect we'll pull callan over here we'll put thane over here and it all just falls in really nicely but there's no actual planning except for um the last one was uh bargaining working on bargaining was complete chaos Mm -hmm. it went way overboard we were pushing 150,000 words and it was just <laughs> we had so it, it got a little much so we had to um, we had to divide it up and so um, to just break it off because I went a little too crazy I went a little I got a little too excited I just kept going and I wasn't sure where to break it off so mm-hmm. typically I'm kind of like a chaos writer I guess which I don't know if that is one. Oh yes that's a pantser that's a, uh, that's that, a is, that, that is that falls into pantsing but I like that you said that things just fall together because there are authors listening going that fucking bitch <laughs> I write stuff all the time and it doesn't fit in anything like story graveyard epicness happens for a lot of but it's a good thing I think that if you found your style and it works it's amazing because it has to work for you and part of the thing I was talking to somebody the other day about the podcast and there were a writer and I said you should listen to this not well one because we're fucking hysterically funny like (laughs) we're brilliant people but secondarily (laughs) as an author if you listen and you listen to how people do things you may try something and find that that actually works or a combination of that and some other part of what other people are doing instead of just trying to sit and invent how writing works for you like, there was a guy the other day that, um, oh my God, I forgot his name right now because there's Honey Jack in my brain. But he's written over shake it up. 70 books. No, that, <laughs> that gets the drunken gnome into concussions. It's up there trying to gather the post-its. Um, it's true. Um, and so he, uh, he wrote 70 books. I cannot remember who this is right now. But when he was asked how he wrote his writing methodology was he would write 200 crappy words per day. Like, no matter what, he'd sit down and just write, he'd plan on just writing 200 crappy words per day. And what would happen is sometimes he'd get very inspired and just keep going and going and get a lot of work done. And sometimes it would just be those 200 pieces of garbage. But he managed to always put 200 words on a page every day. And that's how he wrote 70 books is by putting 200 words on a page. And he called them crappy words. He literally used that word, 200 crappy words on a page every day. And then it would inspire him to write all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true, especially for those of us that are not methodical, plotting, we're going to write this chapter this way, sit down. It's 
we have to get there and we have to get inspired and we have to keep going and we have to not check Facebook and we have to not, you know, answer 10 million texts on our phone and get the distractions that keep <laughs> us from going forward on that pantsing track. At least yeah. that's true for me. Like, it's very easy to have life come and distract me. Oh, yeah. So I have to have music and I have to not look at all the other things because I will go down the Facebook video rabbit hole. Well, I, I even <laughs> think it goes in the direction of a, like I'm more of a hybrid between the two, but even outlining, I try, I don't allow myself to be completely stuck to it or married to it because then you just, I, I there have been so many moments where I've like surprised myself in the moment. I'm like, oh my God, I can't go in the direction that I planned this because this is way but like the emotional pool is there, you know, right. and you have to be in connection with your emotions and go with your gut too. Sometimes it's just better to go with your gut. But for me, because I have ADD, I have to have some kind of a plan. Like I can never do what you guys do. I have to have like some <laughs> level of a story beat going. But I'm definitely, not, I'm always in awe of the ones who have like, I have a 50 page outline before I even write anything and it's a hundred thousand words. And then when I get there, I just zoom through and I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, I can't do it. No, that would be the story. If I wrote a 50-page outline, I'm like, and here's the book. It's done. Here's <laughs> Wait, you guys are done at 50 pages? <laughs> no. I'm, I actually get to, I get the, the joy of not... Mo, all of, Both of the genres I write, I don't have to do that many words. I have to do 60 to 70, 60 to 80,000 mm -hmm. words. Well, that's what I'm doing. No. Oh, I mean, mine no, is mine's gotten out of control. Yours mine's is more like eighty, hundred. <laughs> yeah, because you you got, you got those world building foundation elements. Well, so that was you know originally this was one book. So this was one book, and then like I was sitting one night, and you know Corey is the person that I bounce everything off of. I have no plan. I have no outline. Like I have nothing. This this series has been destroyed and rebuilt probably fifty times. By the time I finish the book I'm working on, it has destroyed 95% of what I had even thought of for the future. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea how this series is going to go. I don't know if you're supposed to say that, but being completely honest, I have no idea. But it's going to be great because it, the story just keeps building. But I don't get how people can sit down at and open their, their computer and start and they're like chapter one, today, whatever, and just write the whole thing. Oh, Those yeah. are the people that blow my mind because how do you possibly, I don't get how you do, how do you possibly do that? It's how I think, I think is part of it, is I think in, um, like it's a movie, like it plays out like a movie or a TV show plays out in my head. And so very, very rarely do I have to, like I'll come across something and go, I need to just add a little tidbit about this in the, the previous chapters just to link it. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Like the, I have to say my erotica books, it's super easy to do this with. And then my, my horror stories, my short stories, super easy. Like I got an idea today because there's a, um, an anthology, which if you're listening to this, you can submit to on fourhorsemen.com call. It's a demonic, um, uh, it's a demonic anthology and we have, um, uh, I'm using all my fucking words. We have, this is book five. We've this run is, out of a dictionary. Yes. <laughs> it's just sounds now. Here, just take, sounds. take a sip of this coffee. Yeah, no, it's going super great. This is my drug tea. I should definitely drink more if I'm going to explain course, this. No, it's a demonic anthology. And the last one was demonic classics. So people took a classic story. I took Peter Pan, but I told it from Tink's 
perspective and it ended very differently than that entire story Mm -hmm. but what so that's an example and then today we have one um that's coming up that people can submit to before july called demonic vacations Mm -hmm. and i was Mm -hmm. driving home from the grocery store and i got an idea about how a terrible um kind of virus thing starts and i know bad timing but it i'm gonna have to tweak that slightly but it starts with a maid not actually changing the sheets and Ooh. instead spraying like uh, scent spray like on the sheets. Like for or something on Yeah, it? kind of. Okay. On the that sheets. That is my biggest that's fear when we go to actually, hotels. Actually, I feel like somebody actually does that for <laughs> Exactly. Somebody's that's, listening to this the and they're like, holy crap, here. they caught me. So, <laughs> But that's how a lot of my my horror stories, I think, get under people's skin. Is See, like, that just bothered mm-hmm. you and I didn't even write the whole story. But I'll go, okay, that happened... Then what starts happening after that? Then what would be the next thing? Then what is the climax of the story, right? Yeah. And my stories, my horror stories at least, end always Empire Strikes Back. They never have like a finality ending. They end with you going, what the fuck just happened? And, and something's enjoys. coming. I really <laughs> enjoy doing that. She, no, she loves destroying your soul and your oh, mind. Oh, you guys have no ideas. I have I have probably four messages in my inbox right now. And they're like, look, we just have to know. How is this going to end? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, they're, they're all going to be so happy. I'm like, what, what in life actually ends, like, happy See, ever this after? is why I write my and horse so, heart. Just hey, right there. But it's right. true. I don't, like, I can't. I Don't get me wrong. Happily I, ever afters are great. But then it's like, yeah, but, but you know something went wrong after that happy like, ever I'm, after. Like, I'm cool with fluffy, romancy, but I have to have it in, like, very small bursts or I'll just be sitting there and rolling my eyes and I'm like, oh. God, please kill me right now. I need to go read an Erica book because she destroys my, you know, my I soul. I destroy your but. soul. Um, I will say it was interesting because we just did Pit Mad, which is mm. where authors can pitch on Twitter. They get their Twitter thing and you can go as a publisher and like. So we go and like and there's a percentage of people that submit to us, and which is very cool. So definitely feel free to submit to us. But... Um, cough, cough, no, no, no. Um, little, do you see the shameless self-promotion plugs? I just, oh, I I'm doing you. so well today. You. Um, but one of the things that was interesting is we were looking through the genres. So I went through all the horror genres and I went through all the suspense genres and we like, we're going through, and then we got to rom-coms. Cause I was like, what do you guys want me to do next in the rom-coms? And I literally found myself unable to do this and not because people didn't have good stories so if you're listening and going that fucking bitch it wasn't (laughs) it it's like there was one that was like you know barney is a chihuahua that makes its owner's life a nightmare i'm like what oh yeah the one with the wait a minute because i love the 90s rom-com movies i love rom-com movies but i love them when i'm listening to this elevator pitch for this book i'm like so I have to get the other people that actually really love editing or reading. I can't read the books. I love the movies. But this thing, I was like sitting there and I'd read it out loud. And they're like, did you put it on the sheet? And I'm like, fuck no. And then one of them would go and put it on the sheet. <laughs> oh, no. I think that was Jen. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know. Like, I being on this side of the, you know, looking at other, like I write my own stuff. but to And I've pitched in contests. But to be the one on the other side, it's just a very weird sensation. But... I feel like I really gravitate towards the weird pitches because I want to be surprised. I want to be... An octopus eats a chihuahua oh. on a beach and the owner falls in love. No, no, no. I, guess, with the, no. I would probably <laughs> read that. No, they were like, how the hell did an octopus get there, on the beach? There was one pitch where I swear I hope that they submit to us. So if you're listening, I need the story. It was basically a Golden Girls mashed up with... I, okay, 
you're giving me that face. <laughs> Wait, but, it, I mean, was, it was like it a... It was epic. I was like, who wouldn't want a, uh, an old lady protagonist? Like, in it her was 80s. an old lady superhero yeah. story. And I was um, like, and it was LGBT, so I was like, oh my God, where are they going to go with this? I'm just like... Blanche, it, it had Blanche and Dorothy Blanche and Dorothy, like, fall in love and, you know, go on a quest and, like, kill the bad guy. Like, I want that. I didn't realize I wanted that story until I saw that <laughs> And I was like, yes, serve this to me. I well, need it. Well, the thing that I think is neat, and what you said about the weird is, I I think it's important for authors to not try to fall in a genre. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you can be YA and fantasy, but your story is not just YA and fantasy because there's urban things to it, mm-hmm. there's dimensional things, there's angel demon like there's layers and layers and layers so you can go oh my god it's a YA fantasy Mm -hmm. but it's not (laughs) really just a YA fantasy book and I think that's phenomenal I think as authors we we really need to be willing to step out and go people are now listening for the golden girls fantasy (laughs) superhero book because fuck we have every superhero book that starts off we had an author on KM um, hurries her I, I'm saying it wrong anyway because I've been drinking but she was on recently and she was talking about um, her she wrote a series where all of the superheroes are middle-aged mm-hmm. and oh you weren't on with no me. That I was this Jen. Is, that's okay me. I'm gonna gesture and She's, wonder why she looks we're so all, confused we're all, we're all meshed in your mind you are it's, it's fine okay. it's called the co-host oh we anyway I'm gonna wrap this up and then we're gonna take a break but she writes um superheroes and what happens is when a person turns 40 there's a 10 percent chance that they'll get a superpower and only 40 like you don't get it when you're younger because almost every superhero thing is like a teenager or a a young adult getting a super and so Mm -hmm. what the fuck happens if you get a superpower when you're fucking 40 so in your midlife crisis you get a superpower (laughs) is that what spirals midlife crisis (laughs) well if you can imagine some of the superpowers would not be it's okay (laughs) he's drowning his sorrows back there he's okay anyway so it was i thought it was a hysterical premise because it is breaking the norms but we do have to take a break so we will be right back with cr race and drinking with authors and grannies who have superpowers when we return This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Recording already? Okay. That was that was for Dane Cook. That was if you're Dane, hashtag Dane if Cook. If you're listening and you just want to come out and hang out, you, yes, in, or if you want to we'll copy okay. what we're saying for your skit, just we're, kidding. We're, was we're that too the, much? We'll meet you at the BK Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We're back. We're back with Cr Rice. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about um, when you're writing. Does mm-hmm. what is your writing environment like? Well, for those of you that don't know, I have a three-year-old little terror toddler. And so it consists of rapid fire typing as fast as humanly possible while jamming out to whatever song. I'm really big into Nightcore right right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of having YouTube just really go on a shuffle and, and do whatever they can before my toddler realizes that I am not standing beside him, even though he doesn't acknowledge me. He drags me away from the computer and interrupts my whole thought process to not let me touch him, play with him, sit beside I can't even sit on the same couch as him, but like I have to be standing beside him. So <laughs> he needs a bodyguard. You never know what's going to happen. You don't oh, know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And could mm. you have to sit? You got to be standing in his eye line, but you can't touch him. You can't talk to him. You can't give him hugs. You can't mess with his. Like God forbid, you change it. His favorite thing is the end credits. He doesn't care about a movie. Doesn't matter what movie it is. Interesting. He loves the end credits. He will sit there and shove his face against it. And Disney just started doing this whole thing where they move the credits to this little tiny box. Uh oh. So he comes and he drags me and he's like stomping the whole way and I have to put it up so that it gets bigger. And then I immediately dart back to my computer and try to, to do whatever. <laughs> but thankfully my, my in-laws have been in town so they take him for a walk every day. So I get like two hours every single day where mm-hmm. I can sit outside. We have a pool. So I sit outside either in the pool or outside the pool and I just get to kind of vibe out and, and write that way. How much can you get done in your two hours inside or outside of the pool? I feel like I'd destroy hardware if I was anywhere near the inside of a pool when that was happening. Well, so Corey actually got this tray. <laughs> so like I can write in the pool. And what you do is you stick it on the end and I have like my little floaty because I can't swim. Oh, so, so you're typing while you're inside yeah, the pool? Yeah. Oh my so, God. And then you like lean it's over. It's fucking dangerous. I would literally drop everything into the pool and I'd be like, fuck. I can't do that. (laughs) We have this lip in the pool and it's like a quarter of an inch. And so if you do have a tray or something like, and it's to stop debris from going in Mm -hmm. because of the rain and everything. So it just catches everything and forces it to the drains. So if I'm like, just like floating around or whatever, I have my computer in the tray or on the little lift we have. And then I can just like lean over and I can get my tan. I can like splash around in the water and I can write. And depending on how I'm doing that day, I can get... 10, 15 pages done. Wow. Wow. So Wait, how many words would that be? Um, so each word, so let's see, on Word, you get what, six, depending on if there's dialogue or not, it's anywhere from five to 800 words a page. Mm-hmm. So mm. you're, you're looking at several thousand words. Ooh. But oh, well, you know what? I'm going to ask a question on this because, see, my problem is I'm way too... <laughs> Eric, I, see, I see Erica looking at me because I'm way... I can't wait for you to define your problem because I have a different version of your problem than you do. Uh, yeah. Don't well, worry about well, it. It's a coaster. It's okay. She'll, 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 she'll have a talk with me later. But <laughs> I am way too methodical where I just like, oh, I have to think of every word. And so I'm just like slow-mo and I am trying my best to like write with abandonment Mm -hmm. so then I can go back and edit with intention versus drafting with intention and so how do you have any advice for that on how to like allow yourself to just vomit on the page uh so I don't know if this is age appropriate considering I write for a young adult get drunk (laughs) And so what you do is once a week. If you're an adult ter- and you're if writing you're an adult, adult. If you are legally we are not writing under, as yeah, an We're adult. not condoning anyone under the age of 21. No. no. Um, so what I do is, because every writer hits that, that writer's block where like, even though you know what you want to do, it's like you sit down and all of a sudden you forget like literally everything you had planned. And so when I get to that point, me and Corey will go and we will sit and I will have a couple of drinks. And because I'm... I'm not a lightweight, but it doesn't take much to get me buzzed. Because you're and tiny. Then, 
Yeah. But, <laughs> but so, I can say that because me and Corey are of similar size. So, hey, it's all good. <laughs> I'm 5'4, so like it doesn't take much. But it, it's definitely, you just have to do something just to, whether it is um, do something that you get super excited about or that like really gets your endo- endorphins going. Because all it is is just an over excess of, of serotonin flooding your brain. So all you need is to just trigger that and all of a sudden you just don't care anymore. Mm. And then you just write whatever it is that, and you have to stop thinking that somebody's going to, that somebody's going to read it. Because yeah. that was my biggest thing. Because with like denial, with the first one, I would go through and Corey would be like, what are you doing? Like, you haven't done anything. I see the exact same word there when I walked away an hour ago. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, somebody's going to be reading this. And he's like, so? I was like, well, what, what if they don't like it? He's like, so? It doesn't matter if you're... Like, there are people that don't like Edgar... Edgar Allan Poe is my favorite. So I'm going to use him. But they're mm-hmm. like, there are people that can't stand him. There are people that don't like, you know, William Shakespeare or Robert Frost or you know, all of these other people. And it doesn't mean that what they did was bad. It just means that it wasn't to their taste. So you just got to stop ex- letting it weigh so heavy on you that somebody's going to read it and not like it. Because that yeah. was my biggest holdup is because there's always going to be somebody that hates it. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And I think one of the things, um, and it doesn't actually get talked about a huge amount on this show. M.R. Noble talked about it because she goes through her draft like 5,000 times, I feel mm-hmm. like she told me. And um, to make sure it's in her mind perfect, which is totally fine. I'm just saying she's one of the few authors that's mentioned how many times <clears throat> she goes through her draft. But I think when you are writing, get the fucking words on the page. It, it doesn't have to be perfect or whatever. And, you know, so many authors we talk to, really successful ones, talk about putting comments where they know they've left something out or they need to expand it or they need to throw, um, not for young adults, just a reminder, sex scenes in there somewhere <laughs> um, or something like that. Or they need to, like, do a, a fight scene. Like, they know right. a fight scene, but they're not, as they're writing in the fight scene moment so put need to add fight scene here but you mm-hmm. know what happens after the fight scene so then fucking keep going right i, I think i to say i don't i don't go i mean erica's gonna get really mad and maybe vanessa will too i so all of my books are first draft um i'm but it's because i don't i i don't write my books in order and they don't get to put together in order Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult. So like there are parts that I have read 1,500 times. And I, I say first draft as in I haven't read it from start to like finish several times. I will have parts that I read through 500 times mm-hmm. and I change like and to or 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 to but. And like you go back and forth. But then there are parts that I'm just like, eh, like I, I got this. But then there are those parts that like haunt you when you go to go to sleep at night. And you just can't fall asleep because you're like, I know that's not right. Oh, yeah. That happens to me all the time, which is my problem. (laughs) Another problem. (laughs) It's like, did they lift their foot high enough? Did I explain their foot was in the air? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have those. Yeah, I don't have that problem. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that's how you go from start to beginning. I, I, you know, my books are, are basically, you know, the, the first shove out. Because you have to, at some point, you have to disengage yourself from the fact that you are writing this and somebody is going to read it. Right. Well, so you have to just not even acknowledge that and just kind of like do the whole like cross yourself, fall well, off a building. I think also Creed. it's a thing of like you know, you have, everyone has their favorite authors and you have to like remind yourself that you can study someone else's writing, but know that that finished product has been like 
edited a shit ton, whether it's by the writer, their editor, by the copy editor, and all these different things, because we want to compare our crappy, shitty drafts to that pristine cop, you know, version. And I've actually seen like when famous authors actually put like a, I don't know, like a first draft. I'm like, damn, it's it. You know, it's different than what their final draft ends up being. And they talk about that, too. I think, you know, first of all, everybody sitting at this table is, well, one person soon to be because their first book is actually coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, That took for fucking ever. But that's a whole other topic. Um, (laughs) She has to get to book three before I'll interview her on this show. Um, But I think... The first two are the hardest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I think for me, like you talk about that it's easy for me to do the story. It's easy for me in a way, too. I don't have to world build. The two of the the books you guys are writing and the the Realm series that you're doing, it's not only world build, it's multiple dimensional world building. And um, the Bound by Fire, which will eventually hit shelves in a bookstore near everybody else, um, is world building. So my erotic books are, first of all, they're um, urban humorous erotica so they're set in modern day yes. super easy it's not a it world building because the fun. the world building is i'm already in the fucking world i don't have to do that and the horror stories when as i'm writing them i do have my first actual full-length novels coming out but they're set in modern day and they're about serial killers again i don't have that i have some character building and some story arc stuff but i don't have to build worlds and so if you are building a world at all, even if you're using some modern day, but you're putting a, a fantastical piece to it, like Honey Cummings has the shifter series, like Sleeping with Sasquatch and stuff like that. Well, she's having to do a bit of world building with that because mm-hmm. she's taking uh, urban legend changing it to a shifter thing and putting it, how would it work in modern times? I don't have to fucking do that because none of my characters shift into anything other than dick bags. So like people do Which that anyway. Just, it's yeah, normal. It's well, standard people. And so I think when it comes to world building, that's where you get that, that difference and the attention to detail, but you have to find that line for yourselves where you're not so far in the weeds that you're not writing the story anymore because you're too far down the... Well, I think that's where it's like you don't want to get in that trap of going down the research hole because then you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm going to add this idea and this idea and this because that's what happens to me because I, you know, I, I too write the high fantasy full secondary world and right. you know you're re you're building a world from the ground up and then you're just sitting there and like it has to be perfect i need to know every religion every piece of clothing every little and it's like at some point i know you only I have need to, to know go. that if it's They're important going so far so i don't research anything I don't, so I don't do any, I don't do it because the great part of writing is the fact that it doesn't matter if it is complete makeup bullshit. You can say bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. We're drinking on a podcast. Why did you go young adults again? You can say fuck. And, you know, I was just like, so (laughs) we start, we start adventure, right? You know, when my son started tangent, he, we're like, oh, he's not, he's going to be talking soon. So we can't swear. And now we're hitting like that year three and I'm like, fuck this bullshit. Like, let's just, whatever he says, I don't care. But the great part about writing is it doesn't have to be true. It has, doesn't have to do, you cannot include physics. You don't have to include science. You can do whatever you want to. They can't fact check you because you made it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like, and I'm not but, discrediting anybody that researches. You are fantastic, but I don't research anything because it's just it's. 
it's something that I'm creating and there are legends that I have heard. I have a friend who is really big into urban legends. She was super obsessed and used to think that like if she walked by a mirror past 6 p.m., like her soul was going to get sucked out. So like I've definitely heard a bunch Did of... Did that happen? Because that would be cool. That sounds I mean, like a story she I'd write. She definitely hit that like 18 and got a little weird. But I think that was just being an adult. But it was just, <laughs> she discovered things got real. But it, there's definitely, one of the greatest advantages you have is you can, you don't, you can make up whatever you want to. And mm-hmm. so you don't need to look into any of those things. Now, if you're using a specific thing, like you decide to go with Egyptian, you know, legends, absolutely research because you don't want to mess that up. But like, if you're creating something of your own, who cares if you say the flowers hang from the clouds and the wind comes up from the ground, it doesn't matter because they can't fact check you on it. No, I think, well, I think the only thing like, at least for me, um, on my writer brain is that if you're building something that's not related to something that we can connect with in this world you at least have to on some level write down the rules so that you are like for me and that's where I get stuck because I'm sitting here making a world building book on my end over here (laughs) yes I have one of those it's it's quite scary crazy it's probably probably has more words than the actual novel it does uh yes it's it's, yes but you know for me even if I'm not pulling from something factual in our world like I still am sitting here just making sure at least my magic rules are consistent you know who says it has to be well be well because there is a uh, but okay. we're about to branch a thing because I think that there are two different styles of writing because you can absolutely have the Terry Pratchett, I'm just going to throw whatever I want to at a page and mm-hmm. do the thing and pointing at Corey. And then you can have <laughs> more of the um, uh, Xanth series from Pierce Anthony, which mm. he, the, it, was very it did specific. work the same. It was very specific. So I think it depends on how you write it. What I do think can be important is if you have the exact same action being taken in the exact same way by the exact same type of people and it has a different outcome and you don't explain why it has a different outcome, like it's wild magic or whatever, just depends literally on the time, place, (laughs) uh, you know, gender, whatever, emotion. If you don't have the guidelines to how it works, what what can happen is a, a reader can get thrown out of the story if they're used to it going... You know, all clouds have flowers one degree or another coming out of them. And then all of a sudden there are clouds that don't have flowers or flowers are suddenly coming up for, out of a tree. And you have to explain why the flowers now came out of the tree <laughs> yeah. versus fucking cloud. Because they're going to be like, what? Yeah, I was like yeah. One of my favorite parts of writing is, is, you know, when something seemingly inconsequential happens in a book. It's like, for bur- some reason you go... Yeah, exactly. So the <laughs> we go back to the barista, and then all of a sudden you bring it back. Yeah. And you're sitting there, and like one of the things that people have definitely, especially through the second book, have started to notice in the realm is like you're sitting there. Like I'm trying I love not that to you had so it's much. a foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm trying to remember which is in which book, so I'm not saying. But um, it's so there's <laughs> this thing that happens that everybody thinks is really cool, and it's something that happens in another time when stuff is happening. Well, it's sort of like right. So like this thing, this one time on this one day at this one time in this one month, what it did was it did this thing, and then this other person. No, but it's it's as you start going through. <laughs> People listening to this podcast, they are going to be like, wow. Let me just be on the wall for one day. Oh yeah, <laughs> see our rises room and go. What Let's the fuck be is she sipping thinking? on the juice that she's drinking. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Erica made it, so you'll have to have it specifically made. <laughs> but I went to bartending school. I know how to get and, people but, drunk. I mean, you have absolutely gotten your PhD in. Yeah. But it's one of those where I love bringing back the the silly little things. Like um, Scott Westfield is one of my favorite authors. He did the Ugly series, which builds you up and makes you feel like you're an amazing, perfect person. And then just at the end, he just wants to make sure that you have no expectancy to survive life at all. So, you know, you just die a little inside slowly for the rest of your life, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Love him. Still reread it at least once a year. But he has those pieces that really just, you're, you're reading the third book, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, and it ties that stupid little thing that he said, not saying you're stupid in case you were listening. Uh, you, he, yeah, we he, want you on the podcast. The, the views reflected by C.R. Rice <laughs> were not those of the Drinking With Authors podcast. Well, but it has those like little things where like there was somebody, you know, watching them, um, take these little calorie pot things to try to escape their prison. And so like, but then it ties it in later and you don't realize how important those little tiny events are in life until much later on. So there are a lot of those in the realm series that I am super excited about. No, actually we were just talking about um, Erica and Val and I and Jen the other night we were talking about how I rewatched Hal's moving castle like three or four times in the span (laughs) of three days and uh, we were talking, uh, uh, Val had blown my mind because there was a line that in the moment made sense in the scene, but actually had all these extra layers to a future scene. And it's all in how everything that's done in the movie is very intentional. Even the book, if you've read the book, which the book is amazing, uh, there's you know a lot of, because there's this whole secret about a curse and how to break it. And the demon is not can't tell you what the curse is Mm -hmm. but the things he says are telling you what it is without actually telling you that's true and that yeah it's 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 amazing it's the best feeling to go back it's what gives it that rewatchable ability Mm -hmm. or just rereading that book a million times so you can just find those like hidden nuggets and you're like oh my god this author's a genius it's a great feeling no it's true so do you keep track of those or you just mentally keeping track of those mentally I keep track of them. Like I actually had a message from um, a a friend's sister who was like 12. And I was like, I don't know if you should be reading this. But um, um, by the way, twelve-year-olds absolutely should be reading that from a yeah, mirror. I mean, if a twelve-year-old <laughs> wants just, to read "Interview just, with a Vampire," <laughs> then it do was it. Just, I had seen her when she was like two years old, so in my head, I'm like, "What? Why are you possibly like? You just don't understand that." And so she had asked me. She's like, "I got what you did there," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "No, I got what you did there." And so she started explaining it, and I don't want to kill it for anyone else. And I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I am so excited. She's like, "I literally had to stop reading." I pulled my copy of Denial out and I flipped through and I was like, holy crap, yes, she did. And it, it kind of just pulls it together. And those are the moments that you really, that are my favorite because you go through and you're like, heck yes, people are mm-hmm. actually paying attention. They're not just reading it because they know you or a friend told you to or anything like that. They're actually invested and they catch those moments. Oh, yeah. Well, no, and that's the thing. I think friends and fa- I have friends and family that are very supportive of me. And I have friends and family that are very supportive of me on the, yay, it's super exciting. We're so proud of you, right. but don't actually buy any fucking books. Mm-hmm. Or like they we ask all, you to send you a book. Or and, a free and copy. They, yeah, and yeah, a free copy, and then they ask you to sign it so they can sell it to their best friend. 
Yeah, I got those too. Oh, really? Oh, now the best oh, friend. Damn. <laughs> I didn't get that. I, I have people that go, oh, can you give me a copy or send me a copy? And I'm like, oh, no, you can fucking buy it because I'm an artist and I put a lot of it's fucking like hours into you that don't really, They don't know the amount of tears that have been shed into that PDF. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I don't cry. So I don't know. Blood, but, sweat, alcohol, booze, pool water. A pool water. Of, a lot of pool water pool, went into oh, this. There's water. been a lot of pool water. There's been a lot of sunshine. And there's been a lot of alcohol into these books. <laughs> But, you know, my my in-laws are staying with us right now. And so, you know, anger comes out and they're reading it. And she's like peeking over my col- my my shoulder and she's like, hey, what you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm working on bargaining. And she's like, oh, really? And I'm just like, yes, like, yes, I am. And so Corey was like, is it weird? And they were like, what do you mean? They're like, is it weird that you just finished anger and you see her in there working her ass off to get bargaining out? And she's like, yeah, she, you know, if she just wanted to hurry up a little bit so or minute. like share a little bit of something. Have any of them figured out who the shadow is? No. Oh, I know. No. Nope. I'm not saying anything. Don't look at me like that. I'm not. Uh, I, yes. Corey will come out of left field in town. I was going to say, before Corey can get to oh, you, yeah. your mic's going well, right over your head. I'm just saying that. It's, it's a little. I uh, So I've gone to, so I'm currently editing Bargaining, which is number three for Chelsea. And I know who the shadow is. I, I was like, I knew there was something weird going on here. It's just, it's definitely. It's, and yeah. it gets it gets even more ridiculous. And the crazy part is, is this whole thing started as one book. It was going to be one book, and then I was like, ah, screw it, I can do three books. It, and now it's five books. And now the realm, Erica has somehow talked me into a bajillion realms and books. And well, like, because you had them, and also <laughs> the amazing Corey is going to make his debut here shortly in some of the more adult. <laughs> themed realm books mm-hmm. don't worry he's gonna be on the fucking <laughs> podcast when that happens what did you say allegedly not allegedly, allegedly. i have it in writing that is his so, number one thing is he's always <laughs> says allegedly yes but um i think the fact is in in talking to you about the realm series and stuff and i'm glad fans are connecting with it so much because I think that's how people get invested. I think that's how people mm-hmm. feel like they're part of it and they make it into a world that's theirs and they add to, and that's why I think you will see people cosplaying your characters and I think you will have that and you will have the little fan groups and you will have people interested and in asking all kinds of questions and things like that and it might inspire some other mini stories when you realize how much people love a side character that was there again kind of we joke the barista that's there to do one act hand the fucking coffee to somebody but everybody falls in love with the barista <laughs> like, named wait a Leo second, for why did reason. you say her hair was green I well, want to know why her hair is green I will say I've heard many authors say that you know, whenever you're having a writer's block moment, you should always go back to characters you introduced in the past, even like the little minor ones. And you'd be surprised how you can use them and really add layers to those moments, even flashing back to stuff that happened in the past. So, you know, who's to say that the barista can't come back and, you know, sprout wings and, you know, have... <laughs> the barista magic- the whole time was the guardian angel. Exactly. And comes back and saves the I day. Mean, exactly. How would that not work? No, so my biggest thing with writer's block is I've realized, because I had some serious issues with bargaining, I couldn't figure out where it was going because I was, I, I went to Corey and I was like, I bit off more than I can chew. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, this was supposed to be one book. I'm like, cool. Two books, got this. Three books. I was like, we're at five. Somehow the Heart Realm turned into the Grief series because they were originally going to be one, two, three, four, five because I'm terrible at naming naming things. 
So, and then he's like, no, you got this. And I think writer's block is when you try too hard. The only reason why you get writer's block is because your story is literally telling you stop. Like whatever you are trying to do right now, you are totally gonna screw me up. You're gonna screw me over, just leave it alone. So you have to walk away and just like, whether it's an hour, three days, whatever. I think I took like a week and a half or two yeah. weeks where I didn't even go near my computer because no matter what I did, it was messed up. And it was because every time I tried to write something, it was like I couldn't create a coherent sentence. <laughs> I always I always find it when I'm trying to force myself into something so that doesn't worse. feel natural. You ha- I think for me, I just have to be there and just allow things to just come out, even if I have no idea where I'm going. You know, because... Again, I think any time with anything in life, if you force something when it's not ready, you're just you're just gonna have garbage, or you're just gonna be like me, who's been writing one novel for like you know seven years. But hey, you know, I just can't, I'm just gonna throw this I'm in there because it's it's very necessary. That's what she said. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I gotta say, I I started the Realm series when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. and I am not gonna say my age, but. I was 13 years old. She and like, is above the age of 21. And she looks, and she looks fabulous, am, so don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> but it was, def- I am definitely legally able to drink, though I still get carded and I still take it, it's a compliment. Oh, yeah. But it's definitely one of those, where I don't, I think it's the point to where when you first get the idea for a book, like you're super excited and you're jazzed and you mm-hmm. go and you go 100 miles an hour and then it's like, this is getting a little weird. Like I'm running out of ideas. This stuff is getting strange. So like you have to, sometimes you just need years in between to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And don't give it. No, well, no, 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 no. I mean, I see Erica. You have, what I was trying to say is uh-huh. other people have years, but you have, what are we going with? Oh, no, when you're, it's over, weeks, it's yeah. over fucking due. Don't yeah. Get so are we going to, like, it was, it was it like my overdue or was it like, no, it's, it's, it's both of us. <laughs> we got that. You can have a bonding moment, but, but it's yeah. It's definitely- well, when you're on a deadline, that does not work. I mean, if you're maybe if it was like your first time writing a I book, I pushed bargaining out in two weeks. I know, and it's actually <laughs> and it is coherent, guys. I do want to say it is a coherent story, so I'm very proud of you. Okay, Thank you. so um, we have to wrap up, but what we need is your advice for authors out there. Your Ooh. nugget. You got to give a nugget. Um, for new authors? No, just authors. We don't do new because... in general? Because we want, um, every author out there can use advice. So, and if they don't think they can use advice, they are not doing well. So, yes. Um, We know, I'm getting the advice. What? (laughs) By the way, guys, that's Adam. That's Adam. He's amazing. Say hi, Adam. (laughs) Um, So, I think my advice would be to kind of just say screw it to everyone. And to step, because I know a lot of people are coming out with like the same things and like you're reading and you're super excited about your favorite author and all of a sudden they came out with the same exact book as someone else because they're so scared to go against or go in a new direction. And I think you need to fully embrace the weird. Be the golden girls of your genre. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Just go for the weird. Do not be cookie cutter. I think you need to embrace the weird. If anyone rejects you, you submit to four horsemen and I will look at it and I, because I embrace the weird. Sorry guys. I I had to. I need you to calm down on the Baileys (laughs) over there because 
Yes. So um, I think you're going to embrace the weird because there are so many people that are waiting for an awesome story that hasn't been told yet. And you need, you just got to stay away from like the stuff that everybody is doing because there's no way that many people want to do that same story. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get the readers. They're trying to get whatever. So embrace the weird. Have fun. Somebody is going to love it. It's going to be their favorite book. It's going to be their escape. And that's what you really need to aim for. That is very poetic. How do people find you? Not your house address. I mean, as I an author. How, I know. I know. I was, we, 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 want, we, want, we want exact coordinates. And I want a ping on my phone. No, we actually had somebody start listing their address. And I was like, um, no, 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 that's not what we need. We just need. No. How do, how do, how do um, uh, readers you find you? Um, so I'm on Facebook at crriceauthor.com. And then we have the author crrice.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at, at crriceauthor. Um, Twitter, I haven't quite figured out yet. I gotta say, I am not an old person, but I cannot figure out Twitter. Hey, you know, I will say before, because I know Adam's saying we have to wrap this up, is that don't use any social media that you don't feel comfortable right, or passionate. So, I so girl, yeah. you do you. I stick to Facebook and, and Instagram because I cannot. So we have um, Denial's the first in the series, Anger is out, and Bargaining will be out when this podcast launches right before. So go get those books, get caught up so that you're ready for Bargaining when it comes out. This has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. And this is Vanessa Valiente. And we will see you next time. 